0: Welcome to Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Ota. Are you making the most of your experience as a spiritual being in physical form? Do you want to live with greater levels of peace and integrity? Today, Lisa and her guests will help you discover, uncover, and recover what's missing in yourself. Now, here's your host, Lisa Tremont Ota.
1: Welcome to Sacred Exploration. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota. Well, ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts because today we're getting ready to take a flight. We're going to travel. We're going to explore the sacred with a flight attendant who's going to share with us her unique perspective on the sacred and travel and how to make the most of it in regard to our well-being. But first... Before takeoff, we have a couple of announcements from the cockpit. <laughs> Actually, I'm just having a lot of fun playing with this. This I've never been a flight attendant, so I'm having a little fun with the lingo here. But it does give me the opportunity to express my gratitude uh, to all of you listeners who are listening into Sacred Exploration. I want to let you know that we are making waves across the planet It's very exciting because that is our intention, is to uh, ignite our passion for life through the recognition, the acceptance, and the celebration of our unity, and to really celebrate that interconnectedness that we all share by the simple fact that we're human. So uh, Sacred Exploration Radio is... um, reaching like i said across the globe we've we're clearly in the united states we've reached out to ireland and china canada russia australia japan france spain vietnam new zealand belgium croatia and more it's like having our own little olympics here so again i want to express my gratitude for that and i'd like to invite you because that's what we do a lot of in this program is is extending invitation I would like to invite you to become a member of our Sacred Exploration Radio Facebook group. Uh, We set this up specifically around this show so that we could engage with one another and share our stories and um, ask questions. I will be looking at Facebook during the show to see if you have any comments. And we've had some polls in regard to travel, so please check that out. Again, that's Sacred Exploration Radio. Please invite your friends to join along. All right. Well, I would like to welcome Sherry Gerber. Sherry, welcome to Sacred Exploration.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here, and hopefully I can give some insight, and this will be fun. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Well, you always give insight. Uh, Sherry and I are colleagues in regard to, um, well, inspiring healthy living around the world. That's what we'd like to do, and she does it quite literally uh, from inside a plane. So, Sherry, before we really dig into uh, to what we can do to protect ourselves and make the most of our travel, can you share with our listeners how you came upon this as a career path for yourself? Um, sure, I'd be happy to.
2: So, I was 20 years old, and I just thought, how much fun would it be to travel around the world and snowboard and take pictures and. Really, just had a desire. Had a, you know, um, I was living in Colorado at the time, and I was flying back and forth to see my family in California. And I thought one day it just dawned on me I wanted to be a flight attendant. So that's really all it was. I really never thought about, you know, what it would look like to do it long term and what my life would be like, you know, 23 years later. It was just a
1: very efficient uh, way to go. Absolutely, that's great. And how long have you been a flight attendant? Yeah, so
2: it's. I just had my anniversary, January twenty ninth, nineteen ninety five. I started my career as a flight attendant, so it's been quite the journey, a lot of ups and downs in the airline industry.
1: So yeah, I bet months, lots. And you took a little break in between
2: at one yeah, point. Yeah, I did. I was able to to take some time off and really reevaluate my own, you know, what I really wanted to do. And I've been back flying three years, and I, um, it's been really, it's been good. It's been a, it's been an interesting time seeing how the the society has changed in the last 23 years and how we've changed as you know just there's lots of changes that I think think have happened and I do feel like I've seen a lot of that you know through I'm the, sure through and, the airplane
1: well it's kind of interesting because um, one of the reasons Sherry is with us here today on the show is because I live very close to the San Francisco International Airport and she was coming on in for a layover and I said well if you're ever in town feel free to stop on by And the reason I'm here is because my mom actually came out from Missouri to San Francisco when she was 17 years old. She's now uh, 76 years old uh, to work for Pan Am. Nice. And, you know, when you talk about the changes that have happened, I, I remember her always saying how people used to really dress up when they went to the airport. Like it was a big deal to fly somewhere. And now, I don't know, sometimes you see people dressing up, but... Not so much, except for the flight attendants. (laughs) Is Is that one of the things you've noticed over time? Well, c- certainly, I think
2: our societies become more casual in general. People don't wear the things they used to wear to work like they do now. And mm-hmm. definitely, I live up in the mountains, so you're not going to see people in a you know three-piece right. suit going to work. You want to be know. comfortable. Absolutely. So I-, I think there's good and bad with that. You know, mm-hmm. people are able to be a lot more comfortable when they're when they're traveling now. And you know, even our uniforms have changed over the years too. So I think there's two sides to that
1: right. that story there. <laughs> right. Right. So. Well, let's talk a little bit about, um, the health aspects of flying. Um, what can you tell us in general? I mean, we hear about risks and
2: yeah, I know a lot of people are really worried right now with the, you know, everyone's been worried about the cold and flu season we've been having. And, so I, I just think hopefully I can maybe just offer some, you know, maybe some suggestions. I don't think you need to be totally freaked out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly there are a lot of things that do come along with, you know, if you're a business traveler or you are a crew member, you know, such as a flight attendant or a pilot or someone that travels a lot, there are a lot of things that are not so healthy long term. And for the person that's maybe taking a trip once in a while, there's just a few simple things they can do to just make sure they're not going to get sick
1: when they're traveling so definitely mm-hmm. there's some different perspectives there. Mm-hmm. So that's about catching the cold and flu because we're in confined spaces with a lot of people and you right. so are you're, flying all over the absolutely, place. Absolutely.
2: You know, you have low humidity and there's not a lot of circulation. And there's, you know, people are te- actually the thing that's going to get people the sick the most is when they check into the airport. That kiosk, when you check in, that self-screen kiosk, has right. a lot of germs on it. Mm-hmm. The tray tables, the, you know, handles to the bathroom doors, those things are something, you know, just bring some Lysol wipes with you, wash your hands a lot, just be really well rested before you travel. I think that is just something we need to do anyway, in general for our health. But certainly, you know, I'm very protective of my sleep. And I think people should be very protective of their sleep, get lots of rest before they, you know, come to the airport. Well, it can because be you stressful. Share
1: earlier with me that um, I don't recall the, the statistic, but the number of people You know what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah. So it's not good. So statistically, 20% of the people who get off a commercial flight will come down with a head cold or flu within one to seven days after being on that plane. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and flight attendants in general actually have more upper respiratory infections than any other work group, which is really interesting. So once again though it's because more than
1: any other work group
2: that that I'm aware of wow. um when you every year there's a list that comes out of the top 50 most hazardous jobs to your health flight attendants and pilots are usually in that you know number 9 and number 12 um you know there's other reasons for that but I think it's because you're exposed to so many contaminants in such a confined space and you just have to really have a strong immune. It's about having a really strong immune system mm-hmm. that's really how you're going to protect yourself and so just that self-care is, is important. Which is generally true
1: no matter what, whether right. you're flying or not, right? Correct, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, and you know, we, we meant to do this live today <laughs> using <laughs> Zoom and Facebook and all, and, oh, we have our glass of wine here. <laughs> uh, I wanted to toast Sherry because tomorrow is her birthday, and, uh, you know, when a flight attendant comes on over and brings you some wine, well, I had to accept. <laughs> so... Um, But we weren't able, I wasn't able to pull it together technologically. But um, if you could see Sharon, you could see her picture in in my posts and all, but she's just gorgeous and just both inside and out and um, really is a testimony to, uh, you know, good health, supreme health. And so that is something that you practice regardless of whether you're flying or not. True.
2: I mean, and but, I, you certainly can see what's kind of going on in the general population from, you know, we're t- trying to be observers. So over the years, I've definitely observed the behaviors of people. And one of the things I notice is, you know, people that are healthier and more vibrant and, and taking care of themselves, they tend to, you know, be he- happier. They tend to be having a better time and just have a, you know, a brighter outlook versus those people that maybe are a little more cynical or negative. They tend to not be taking care of themselves. So, it affects everyone around you, so it's, it's good to practice self-care, you know, no matter where you are or what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And certainly, once you leave your house and you go to the airport, there's just going to be a
1: lot of things that are going to be stressful. Well, right and a lot Sure. Of, well, it's yeah. like they say too, like stress isn't necessarily associated with only negative events. You could be getting married, and that's stressful. Right, we're about to graduate from college, but that's stressful. Whatever, or have a child—that's a beautiful thing, but it's (laughs) stressful. Yeah. So, um, no matter what, travel is going to involve some level of stress. Even if you're going off to vacation, you got to pack up and remember everything.
2: Absolutely. A lot of times, people want to deal with that stress by, you know, maybe treating themselves to a little too much alcohol in the airport, or you know, you know. I would just say, really, it's it's okay to have a good, you know, to you know, treat yourself once in a while. But when you're flying. Really, if you don't want to get sick, because that's what a lot of people are worried about right now, you know, make sure you really take care of your body as far as hydrating, you know, drink a lot of water, you don't want to be drinking all those big, huge coffee drinks, those are loaded with sugar, that's going to wreck your immune system. The alcohol sounds like a good time. But ultimately, when you're traveling, it's just going to dehydrate you. And so you know, you really want to have that hydration is part of keeping your, your immune system strong the whole time. you're And you're on, were you on sharing out. with
1: me again earlier that uh, people are drinking more water than they used to be? I think so. You know, when
2: I first started flying, I can remember water wasn't one of the beverages that we poured often. And, and these days people are definitely, I. it's been, that was one of the noticeable things to me after taking a break and coming back. It's that people were bringing more water, and I think it's great because you can bring an empty bottle and bring it to the airport. You know, get it through security empty, and fill it up. You know, here at the San Francisco Airport, we have an awesome hydration station where that water is actually really good water. Mm-hmm. Some of the water that's bottled isn't always so great. And so. you save yourself probably six bucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and
2: save yourself exactly. And it's not about just pounding the water and then peeing it all out. You want to drink it consistently throughout the day so that your pee is clear and so that you don't get dehydrated. And for all the time you order coffee or tea, and I, I get it, you want the something you know with caffeine, but that's just going to you know make you dehydrated even more. So. I feel
1: like when people go to the airport, there's this feeling that, you know, it, I mean, it is a treat. Sure, certainly, people are traveling for business as well as pleasure. But in, in either case, there's something about going to the airport that feels like you can break the rules <laughs> when actually they should probably be reinforced all the more, <laughs> right? Like like drinking more water and maybe less alcohol, but yet people might tend to have a soda where maybe usually they don't or treat themselves to. Right. And I think,
2: it, and, and I understand that, and I'm one of those people that feels like you should treat yourself sometimes, but just know when you're at, you know, 30,000 feet and above, you're and you're in, you know, a, an environment where the air is, you know, drier than the Sahara Desert, we have no humidity on the plane. Wow those things are just going to make you feel worse when you land and then once again you don't want to be that 20% that is going to come down with a head cold or a flu after that flight so mm-hmm. maybe if people kind of know that ahead of time and they can say you know what I'll treat myself once I get to my destination
0: right. and certainly
2: you know the amount of soda has not de- decreased that we serve on a flight mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting and I'll tell I'll give you guys a tip the one thing that we don't want to pour and it's not because you know if anything other than it takes a long time to pour is diet coke because it takes so long to pour i know because of the
1: carbonation or because
2: of the chemicals because of the chemicals yeah it's it's unbelievable and at an early age i realized why does it take longer to
1: pour i
2: don't know but it it does and it it looks like this chemical cesspool when you're pouring it and well and most people you know i want to offer them the can of diet coke because they're addicted to the diet Coke and I know they're going to want the whole can and I'm just trying to be nice, but uh-huh. it, it's interesting. It's all, it, those are little observations I've made over, <laughs> over the years as a, as a flight attendant yeah.
1: every now and then want to give some counsel. Like, are you sure you want are you this sure you, want that? <laughs> you know, are you
2: getting your, key, you know, and that's where it's hard because sure. knowing what I know, I just smile. And I want to make everyone happy. I don't, you right. know, I'm not there to, <laughs> you know.
1: that's not your rule no. at that time. Mm-mm. Well, mentioning being, uh, thirty five thousand feet in the air? Uh, what about radiation? Oh yeah, so well, I could. We
2: talked a little bit about this earlier. Solar, you know, cosmic radi- radiation is is a real threat for that long term flyer. So I don't know how much you know about this, but basically, if the sun sol- the sun does have solar flares, and so the cosmic radiation that you're exposed to on an aircraft. It's not so severe with the domestic short flights here and there. It's really those international long flights. Once you get into the gamma rays kind of atmosphere, you're, you're, you're traveling. You're
1: going up higher. You're going up higher
2: for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. And if you go over the pole, so let's say you're going from San Francisco to London, that's, that's a flight that you're getting a lot of radiation. And you can actually go onto the websites that the government puts out that tracks how much radiation is going on from the sun at certain, you know, like you can track it every single day. It's, it's sort of fascinating. So if you're someone that's flying once or twice a year overseas, it's really not an issue. Where it comes into play is somebody that's doing that day in, day out, month after month, year after year. The long-term consequences of that really add up, and that really affects your cells. Flight attendants and pilots are actually considered radiation workers. A lot of people don't know that. It's not something they tell you when you you know, start this profession. Sure. And there's been a lot of research that's been going on for the last decade, I would say, on that and those effects. So it's, you know, there's a reason why crew members have a higher rate of cancer. You know, there's a lot of other things that go into that as well, you know, in addition to any
1: particular kind of cancer or
2: cancers in general, cancers in general, I Mm -hmm. think also because we're shift workers. So that puts us at a higher risk of cancer. Also, if we, um, you know, we're jet lagged all the time. And when you travel to different time zones, your circadian rhythm gets off, that suppresses your immune system. Mm -hmm. So these are just all things that are going to accelerate the aging process in your cells, And really just put more free radicals and oxidative stress into your body. And that's really the danger, you know, is doing this long term. And, you know, there's other airlines that will, in other countries, that limit how many overseas flights you're allowed to do in one month. They limit it to two. Here in the States, we don't have that limitation. I've ran into several co-workers. I'm sorry, can you repeat that again? Basically, there are limits other airlines in other countries will have limits on how many overseas flights their flight crews can do Mm. in one month a lot of them will limit them to doing two a month in our country we don't have those limitations it's you can fly as many as you want you know if you're not interesting because i
1: mean that's for a flight attendant being limited to two a month i mean a lot of people just travel twice a month easily for right, business. Right. So wow. you
2: really need to be flooding your body with you know great nutrition if you're going to going to do that. Going to do that. Just know that, that that is one of the risks. You know, and there's a few other things too that you risk being in an airplane all the time. We have you know when I was young in this job, we would just kind of be taxiing on the runway and we'd smell the fuel from the engines and go, "Oh, that's just they're just bleeding the engines. That's just jet fuel." Like it was no like <laughs> a big deal. <laughs> I kind of realize now that's not actually a good thing. Yeah, and that can lead to this this condition called aerotoxic syndrome. Once again, the person that's flying once in a while, none of these things are really ever going to be an issue for you. It's that long that long-term business traveler, that person that's really doing this long-term, they need to just be aware of these things because there are things you can do to, you know, slow that that process And did down. you
1: say before that the aerotoxins are also within the plane like we're all exposed to them you don't have to be on the runway behind the jet to correct and actually the just so we know the newer planes they've fixed this problem
2: they called it bleeding of the engines and it's really the older planes so if you smell the fuel in the in the air system when you're you know flying it's nothing that's you know, a threat to the airplane or anything like that. It's just, you are getting, you are ingesting the fuel of the aircraft that, mm-hmm. that is just, you're pumping your body full of toxins. And it's, yeah, that's the thing people have to realize the flight attendants are exposed to everything. The passengers are, we're there with you. We're trying to make this like the best experience you can have because we're in this experience. We're sharing this environment, this air, all of this with you. Right. Well, that's where
1: we talked about the idea about putting your own oxygen mask on first. <laughs> yeah, right? Right, right. I mean, you have to do that so that you can help others Absolutely, so that you can still fly the friendly sky. Absolutely.
2: And that's why we tell people that because you're not going to be of use to anyone else if you don't take care of yourself first. I mean, that's especially true in my line of work. If I show up to work and I don't have, you know, if I'm not 100% ready and able to help everyone else, I have to be taken care of first. And that's true in your own lives, no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone needs to practice self-care for that reason.
1: Right. Exactly. Well, uh, are, before we get into some of the things that we can do to help protect ourselves, are there any other risks or, or factors that we want to be aware of?
2: You know, I think it's just really think about washing, just the normal things that you should do, right? If you're just traveling, just you're on a flight and you don't want to get sick, d- just avoid the sugars, drink water, wash your hands a lot. Definitely, you could also do, um, use a like a saline solution to... Um, for your nose that can also be helpful. I really can't think of anything that's super the most I think the, the I think the biggest things that people are worried about is getting sick, having that person coughing. If somebody's really worried about the long, you know, that like I said the business traveler, the other person, you know, you're going to also have other issues you might have to deal with such as maybe you have um, physical issues of being in a physical profession or sitting for long periods of time. If you're a a, a crew member in the cockpit, you know, the cockpit crew's they are on that list, like I was telling you about for not having um, the healthiest jobs in America because of sitting for long periods of time they have a lot of gastrointestinal issues so mm-hmm. you definitely want to get up and move around and, and not do that and I, I just hope if... But you don't necessarily want
1: people doing <laughs> yoga in the in the aisleways or anything no, like that. No, it makes our
2: job really hard. We don't have like a place to hide or anything so if you, you know, I think the thing is just be respectful if the seatbelt sign is on it's on for, the, you know, for everyone's seatbelt safety we actually are required to tell you it's on so if you get up we're going to tell you that you know but you definitely want to be mindful are we doing a service maybe now is not the good the best time to get up and stretch your legs mm-hmm. but we understand you know we're human beings too we understand people need to get up and stretch and certainly
1: so. if you have a layover especially a long one to you know take a a lap oh absolutely around the terminal yeah, and... that's
2: really helpful you know you, you want to move your body for sure it's just one of those awkward things where we're all like thrown into this metal tube, hurling through the air at thirty-five thousand feet. And how are we all going to make this work for everybody? But we can. Mm-hmm. There are ways to have it.
1: And even be good. the same thing, like is is the radiation that we're getting the cosmic radiation from flying similar to the radiation we get when we're screened when we go through uh, check? No, I,
2: the trees. cosmic radiation is really coming from the sun. It's solar radiation. So it probably does affect our body in a different way. I'm just more familiar with how it affects our cells from, you know, from the solar, mm-hmm. from the solar aspect because of Because that's that.
1: another factor though, isn't it? Like if you, True. Pre- if you yeah. fly frequently and you pass through that thing.
2: You know, I don't think people need to worry about that no? as much because I think it's a really low dose. Mm. I mean, perhaps if you're doing it every single day or something like that, but I feel like It's really not as much radiation as you're getting when you're flying Mm -hmm. through the, like I said earlier,
1: the gamma rays when you're up really high Mm -hmm. in the air. And doing more of the international travel.
2: Yes, absolutely. Right. Wow. (laughs) Just something to think about.
1: Well, it is. It is, you know, I mean, it's similar to so many things that we talk about in this show too, is that. We're impacted by so many things that are common to all of us, but that we don't see necessarily. I mean, like faith or like the sacred, right? Right. And, um, you know, we're being impacted by this cosmic radiation, and we're, we may not even be aware that it's there. Well, and there's also the radiation you get from, what do you call it, um,
2: the electro electromagnetic from wi-fi and all right. of those things i actually think it's a good and thing that's on
1: planes now too it is and so i and it used it right it wow. used to
2: be a, a place where you didn't have that going through your body um at least we don't have the cellular you know
1: stuff. i was kind of surprised they started to allow that actually on yeah. airlines because it is just another source of um that mm. kind of radiation it's
2: something to consider that, but you know, just profit. as human beings in general, everywhere, you know, unless you're out camping in the middle of nowhere, you're probably getting some kind of, you know, pulse going through your body that we don't see. So just talking exactly. about when you say you don't necessarily see it, there are effects that we should be aware of, of, of all that we're doing. Like right now, I'm sure we've got some cell phone stuff. going. Well, I'm
1: sure this. we do. We, we wanted to have even more, but <laughs> couldn't get that going. Yeah. All right. Well, um. Yeah, well, we're going to go to a break in just a couple minutes here, and um, when we come back, I want to talk about some of those things that we can do to protect ourselves, some of the things that you do as a flight attendant to protect yourself, which I know are similar to what I do in general, and um, and it's another example of not being able to see necessarily everything that's going on, but if you're informed, then you can at least know know what you're working with and and make better decisions. So, all right. Well, with that, um, why don't we go ahead and take our break? You are listening to Sacred Exploration, and I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We have relationships with people in our lives, but arguably our relationship with food is the most intimate, dynamic, and enduring of them all. You can nourish your relationship with food and the planet. Purchase your copy of The Sacred Art of Eating, Healing Our Relationship with Food, written by Lisa Tremont Oda. A registered dietitian, nutritionist, and shamanic soul coach, Lisa can help you heal your relationship with food. The Sacred Art of Eating is available on Amazon.com, sacredexploration.com, and imperfectlyvegan.com. Do you remember your dreams? Not exploring your dream life is like receiving a gift but not opening it. Join Lisa Tremont and Lisa Ferrer this April for an interactive workshop series that will help make your goals and dreams become results in your business and personal life. To register or to find out more, call 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at com. Space is limited in this highly interactive workshop series. So call today and learn how you can make your dreams come true. That's 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. You are listening to Sacred Exploration. To reach Lisa or her guest today, please call in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to sacredexploration at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to Sacred Exploration. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota, and I'm speaking with flight attendant Sherry Gerber. Welcome again. Thank you. Well, so before the break, we were talking about the the many hazards of doing what so many of us love to do, which is travel, uh, particularly across seas and great bodies of water and continents and all of that good stuff. But it comes with some risk, a lot of risk, actually. Um, and so one of the best things that we can do is to protect ourselves, really. I mean, we can't prevent any of it. And so we have to protect ourselves. So, Sherry, um, as a flight attendant, what what do you do to help protect yourself? Oh um well, thanks. yeah, I
2: definitely think that, that there are just a few simple things we can all be doing all the time for me personally. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm very protective of my sleep. I do believe that we need to get eight hours of sleep. Uh, one of the, the things I struggle with, obviously, is being in different time zones and eating. So I, I believe that we should eat and then, you know, before sunset. Well, I can't always do that when I am flying. So I try to have my last meal at least three to four hours before I am planning to go to sleep. That really allows me to have more digestion in my body and I can actually get a a better quality of sleep. So I think sleep is a really big, important thing for me.
1: And so if someone's flying, too, you would encourage them to sleep if at all possible and not try to stay awake so they can be on the new time (laughs) zone. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to your body.
2: Mm -hmm. I think there are tricks. People have to figure out what works for them. Someone that flies all the time is going to figure out what works for them if they're doing an international flight. And I think that you just have to allow yourself when you're in your, you know, before you prepare for your trip. I just think sleep is such an such a key factor with our immune systems. Yeah, To me, it goes hand in hand. So I definitely also think that, you know, obviously your diet plays a huge role, what you're putting into your body, limiting the things that are going to break your immune system down, like the sugars and, you know, these things that are going to just compromise your immune system. What I really became... Aware of about, you know, I guess it's been t- almost 12 years ago, was oxidative stress. When mm. I started learning about the effects of oxidation and oxidative stress on the body, I really hadn't heard about that before, but it made sense to me when I learned about that concept. I know you could probably tell us a little more about that. I, um, well, yeah. feel like I changed a lot of things in my life when I, when I kind of realized how much oxidation I was getting from the flight attendant profession. Right.
1: Well, that is something we should take a moment to explain because I find that. People don't know what it is. If what I like to do is ask people, who, "Have you ever heard of the term antioxidant?" Most people say yes; they've heard of antioxidants, but they haven't really heard of oxidative stress. Well, antioxidants are anti against stress that comes from oxidation. And um, you know, the simplest way to, to envision it is taking that log, uh, that piece of wood that you know wood, putting it into the fireplace lighting the match, letting it interact with oxygen so that we get what we want, which is energy. And in that case, it's in the form of light and heat. But we also get some negative byproducts in the form of ash, soot, and spoke. Well, in the body, instead of wood, our energy is food. When we metabolize it, it interacts with oxygen so that we get what we want, which is energy and in this case it comes in the form of calories which allow us to do the things that we want to do in life but it also creates some negative byproducts and in the body those are free radicals which collectively is considered to be oxidative stress and every cell in our body gets about 10,000 hits of oxidative stress per day so and when you're an athlete that goes up even tenfold you know so like if an athlete is not protecting themselves they're doing more harm than good and I, it really sounds on, based on everything you've been telling us about radiation and all and uh, the stressors involved in travel that this is just another case where you've got to go beyond the normal levels of protection. If you, if you want to really prevent yourself from breaking down the immune system, from uh, the risk of cancer, you know, especially with frequent travel. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And, you know, when I learned that the only way at least that you actually get those antioxidants is from fruits and vegetables, it made so much sense to me because being a flight attendant in my 20s, what did I do? We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have what we did was we read magazines. We exci- We would get excited to find like People magazine or sure. <laughs> whatever. I would find the magazine, every type of magazine I knew about it in my 20s. And I would read that on the jump seat. And what did it say? It said you need to eat as many fruits and vegetables as you can in a wide variety in that rainbow of color. And it really took that extra little image for me to understand where fruits and vegetables, you know, how they have those antioxidants Mm -hmm. to combat that oxidation. When that piece clicked for me, I realized that that's was going to be the key for me was really putting as many plant foods. Well, you very really bright, body.
1: bright because not everyone will get that, and it's also usually not what they get from People Magazine. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, uh, you know, like, to, honest, to sure, you, that's, that's you know <laughs>
2: that's what I was doing in my twenties.
1: <laughs> but um, but but what we know from public health is that fewer than ten percent of adults and fewer than five percent of children in the United States. And it is similar in Australia and other countries, consume even the minimum number of recommended servings of fruits and vegetables every day.
2: And that makes me really sad. And I do see that, too. I think people know that they should be eating those things, but it's not what people are drawn to eat. And I could take pictures every day when I'm in an airport terminal. There's usually not a line for the Smoothie King in Chicago Airport, but there's always a line for McDonald's. I hate to say that, but... That's kind of the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and that's why I've been flooding my body with as many fruits and vegetables as I can. I've always believed and eating the rainbow, and I know that's hard to do, no matter if you're on the ground or if you're flying. I mean, that's when I first learned about Juice Plus. It made sense to me because it wasn't a vitamin; it was just an easy way for me to take that juicing concept, which really made sense to me. Getting that wide variety and be able to flood my my body with that. It's made a huge difference for me. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine not having having that. Well, morning. I'm a big
1: Juice Plus. I, I've been taking it as well for 10 years, and that's actually how you and I initially met. It is, and um you know, for our listeners who are not familiar with it, it's, it's basically, uh, fruits and vegetables that have been, uh, dehydrated, organically grown and dehydrated, uh, in such that they remove the water, the sugars, uh, the salt, a little bit of the fiber. Um, but you're left with all the micronutrition that fruits and vegetables provide, um, lots and lots and lots of antioxidants, which help combat that oxidative stress. So, I actually, um, when I fly, I take extra juice plus. I that's take my I take should. my you capsules yes. as usual, um, yeah. and I take a double dose every day myself. It's not required. All the research shows that you get positive benefits from a, a regular dose, but I am into protecting myself, so um, that's what I do. And then when I fly, I do take extra. Sometimes I'll take the chewable form along as a snack, but that's kind of my snack when I'm flying. Yeah, <laughs> you know? That's great. Yeah, well, I think it helps. Well, I have to tell you, before sure Juice
2: Plus, I thought it was normal to get, you know, I would get sick with a head cold or flu maybe five or six times a year. I totally thought that was normal. And I thought, you know, I work with the public. I pick up trash for a living at times. You know, that's normal. And I've since learned that isn't normal. You know, it's been 11 years of, of flooding my body with this nutrition, and I don't get sick like everyone else. I might feel something coming on, but it, it goes through my body really quickly. Knock on wood, I haven't had the flu at all. I don't, you know... I'm not worried about it. I right, know this is exactly. made a difference. And so that has been for me one of the one of it has been the key piece for me with this profession and I agree with you. I double up. I take actually take a, like a like a quadruple quadruple duple mm-hmm. dose when I'm working. And
1: then I usually bring a bunch with me of course when I am traveling because so often when I go to other places I don't have uh, the same access to organic fruits and vegetables that I do here in the San Francisco <laughs> right, Bay Area. Right you know and so even just or and just being in an unfamiliar area to begin with it's it's hard to know where you're going to get that or without paying an arm and a leg for yeah it's some sort of peace of mind and yeah it's definitely just a, like a foundational thing mm-hmm. and you um i know juice plus also has the shake product which you and i both also loved you is that also work well for you when you're traveling?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I can't, I couldn't live without it. Like Mm -hmm. going, I took a break from flying. And when I went back three years ago, having those individual little serving packets Mm -hmm. has made a big difference. Having that vegan plant-based nutrition on the go, I always know I have a healthy meal. I pretty much live on the complete when I'm traveling because I know that that's what's going to give me the, you know, um, just that energy and just keep me sustained and mm-hmm. there's times where i don't have time to eat you know we all joke around you on you know your are a flight attendant if you're at home in the kitchen standing up shoveling food down because that's kind of how you eat at work you know <laughs> so having that having that oh yeah i love that it. macronutrition nutrition from the from the complete protein has been huge super for me. fast
1: and easy well you you said the word let's uh, ding, 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 ding shake our shaker with the vegan um as you know uh kind of a sub Sub of sacred exploration is the imperfectly vegan brand um, because it's just really hands down the most uh, optimal way to eat for health. Um, do you have either any thoughts on the imperfectly vegan concept or and how is that when you're traveling? Uh, how- yeah, no,
2: I. You know what, Lisa, I just have to say. I th- Thank you. I just love that you have termed imperfectly vegan. Mm. It fits me to a T. Oh, yay. Yay. You know, I, yeah, you know, I have a whole other experience of growing up and what led me to want to live a vegetarian to when I started out. I want to just be a vegetarian. But honestly, like it is so hard when I, you know, when I'm traveling and 20 years old, I get this job. Yes, I'm a vegetarian, but what was I eating? French fries. And I didn't really understand all the, the components. But, where I am now is I allow myself to not have to be perfect when I go out there and I'm traveling. I do pretty good when I'm at home, but when I'm traveling, I'm realistic. It's harder. It's harder, mm-hmm. and because of imperfectly vegan, and your book, by the way, is just been amazing, and it's just been a great, it's just a great piece for me to not have to feel like I have to be perfect in mm-hmm. this lifestyle. It's a way for me to, you know, em- empower myself and and have the best intentions and do the best that I can. But there's going to be times where I might have a choice between eating and not eating. And sometimes I have to eat.
1: Does it help you to embrace the vegan part more knowing that it's okay to be imperfect yes, now and then?
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yes, that's it does. What, that's, Cause that's I think a lot idea. of people
2: get hung up on that part. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people will get hung up on, Oh, I messed up. I guess I can't do this or, but it's, it's more like we try to, you know, I feel like 10% of my, you know, I can be oops, 10% of the time, so to speak. And the right. rest of the time I know I'm, I'm doing what my body is designed to, you know, absorb. And- well,
1: if we all did that, we'd be healthier individually <laughs> and as a community and, uh, environmentally as well. Yeah. Well, you, thank you. Thank you for your, um, affirmation and, uh, support on that. That means a lot to me. Um, what about the Tower Garden? Cur- curious, <laughs> just to cover that real quickly, because um, you know we posted oh that beautiful picture of you so embracing, awesome. about yeah, embracing. yeah, that was so. Cute. Well,
2: let me just tell you. Okay, so I live up in the mountains. I've lived, you know, I'm born and raised basically where I live, and the Tower Garden has been so much fun for me. We live on this really sloping lot, and for me to have a garden in the yard just was never going to happen. So I've always kind of had it container container gardens we have a very very short growing season maybe two months if we're lucky if we don't get snow overnight the tower garden has allowed me to have a a quick you know a quick more nutritious variety growing garden very easily in the summer but when they came up with the grow lights i have Mm -hmm. it sitting next to my kitchen table in my desk in my living room and i love it i love the lights i love um being able to come home from a trip, and I didn't have to rely on my husband to water the garden. It's self-watering, so when I'm traveling, I'm not worried about it. Right?
1: When you're traveling, and, just and when I come
2: go. home, I'm sorry. The first thing I want to do isn't go out in public and go to the grocery store. So at least I know well, I've got okay. some groceries. Okay. I you were gonna my to my say, "Is it to
1: give my husband a hug?" But to go oh, okay. check on my plants. <laughs> no, but it, your husband's a doll. I know he comes first, even before the tower garden. Oh well,
2: you know, if had, we had a regular garden and the died, and I came home, I might be upset, but. I've <laughs> I'm never upset with them when I come home with to tower gardening because it's like, all right, I got my garden. Yeah. I got my, you know, kale and my chard for my smoothie tomorrow morning when I wake up. So.
1: Right. Well, for again, for our listeners who may not know the Tower Garden, it's a um an aeroponic vertical growing system that's very forgiving. <laughs> if you don't quite have a green thumb, it's a great way to um learn a lot about gardening. It's just the right amount. Um, right amount of planting, right amount of pruning, harvesting, all of that. And it's it's pretty easy.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I love that it saves water. You know, right. Ninety percent, ninety percent less water, water restrictions,
1: and we might be again. Right. We're having
2: a huge winter, so I love that too. Right.
1: Well, if any of you are interested in finding out more about any of that, you can go to JuicePlus.com or TowerGarden.com and and learn more. There's uh, videos and all kinds of information. You could also reach out to us on Sacred Exploration Radio. Um, so. Before we end I want to talk a little bit more about the sacred in what you do um, it's such a service oriented profession it is it is yeah how does that resonate with you and and just in I don't know I'm just wondering
2: well sure absolutely you know I think for me I I you you really have to make that decision at some point if you're gonna stay in this. There's a lot of emotional aspects to come that come along with doing what we do. You know, we they, it's referred to as emotional labor, and there's lots of professions mm-hmm. that are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, you know, I really find meaning that I get to meet people from all walks of life. You know, I love getting out of my box and my comfort zone every time I leave my house and come to this to this. Job,
1: you know, I do Which is what so many of us like when we just go to the airport. It's like yeah. it's so fun to people watch, right? Yeah.
2: Absolutely, yeah. and you know, I, I know, I, fi- I do, I find value in changing my surroundings. Travels really help me expand my thinking. I feel like I've become a more open-minded person. You know, it's certainly something that's given me um, a definitely appreciation for ethnic cuisines. It's easy for me to converse with about just about any type of person I have no, you know, I love conversations with people from, from everywhere. And that's one of the things I look forward to when I go to work is those kind of meaningful conversations that I might have throughout my day. I, you know I, it's taught me to be a really good listener. I, I think, teamwork is so important. Every time I come to work, I'm going to work with people I've never met, or maybe right. I
1: there are people that I have worked with Well, before. like your birthday, you're going off to celebrate your birthday tomorrow. I tomorrow am. With some new flight friends, Yeah, right? and I
2: have no idea who, who <laughs> any of these people are, but when I get to briefing tomorrow, it's like, hey, it's my birthday. Let's
1: go have a good I'm sure so it'll be a good time.
2: <laughs> and that's what's pretty incredible about what we do, actually, that yeah. it changes all the time. So those are some things that are, you know, I, I and you talk about being in an industry of service i think that a lot of times people maybe don't see what we do as that but i i you know i feel like that it is that's very true that's why I've stayed because I like that. I like mm. being able to be of service to other people. Mm-hmm. I like to do that in any way I can, whether it's adding value and helping them with their nutrition or just adding well, value. Well, you know, I just had a them. thought.
1: Like, I guess you know, we were saying it was it would be inappropriate for you to say, mm, Are you sure you wouldn't rather have water <laughs> than that diet coke? <laughs> but <laughs> I've never seen actually. It seems like they could pass out a card along with the, you know, how to head out of the plane if there's a. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of breakdown, but like, would there be like a health tips? You have this. Have you ever seen that where they have like a yeah, health tip sure. card or they something do. just yes. to kind of sometimes there's videos. People? Yes.
2: yes, all the major airlines do have tips for people that you can read through our the in-flight magazine which by the way could have a lot of germs on so bring your lysol wipes Uh, (laughs) you might want to wipe that down too sounds like just about everything yeah you know what this this year it's okay bring bring that little packet of lysol wipes Mm -hmm. and just wipe some stuff down you'll feel better and you won't be so worried about getting sick right right
1: (laughs) um what was i gonna ask you i thought about the service. Yeah. Oh, so, no, just that people are so worried. I mean, it kind of reminds me of when people go to the dentist. Like, mm. that's that's one of the highest risk professions in regard to suicide. And when you think about it, when people are going to the dentist, they're usually, they don't want to go. You know, at least when you go to the doctor, it's usually because you have something wrong with you and you're looking for healing. But when people go to the dentist, it's sort of like, oh, I have to go to the dentist. Or maybe they are in pain, but there's that drill. And a lot of times they'll just break down crying at the dentist office. Um, a lot, whatever is going on emotionally in their life mm-hmm. gets triggered just a little bit enough to throw mm-hmm. them over. Um, and I would guess that that could be similar um, in your experience. Oh, absolutely. You know, we,
2: for those of us who have been around a long time, you, you definitely have experienced people in some of their most challenging situations. You know, it, it's one of those things you might have, I've had people where their spouse has died on their vacation and guess what they're not coming mm. with us in the main cabin I've had you know you've had all kinds of situations come up and
1: you've just had a situation where someone wait what do you mean they and guess what they're not coming with us in the main cabin well because they maybe passed away and now we're carrying oh and they're not carrying coming, them gotcha. in the cargo right right
2: you know, right. There's, there's some very very yeah. life very hard life situations that we do deal with. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've been blessed with coworkers that to me, I've learned from that have handled some of these situations. And like you said, it might just be the tipping point, maybe Mm -hmm. not something so serious like that. It could just be the stress of the day and they are where they are and something's going on in their life and they have a little bit of a breakdown. And so those are the emotional parts of what we do, where you have to learn to deal with that from, you know, when I was young, I had a Took me a while to figure that out. Where I am now, I, I love dealing with that because I feel like I can be of more service to people. Right. So certainly, there's you know people who travel for all types of things, whether it's business or funerals or weddings or anniversaries or who knows. It's mm-hmm. there's just all kinds of reasons, and you never know. You never know. It's hard. I think this job really teaches you to be a good listener and to not make assumptions about people because you just never know what might be going on in someone's life.
1: Right. And that is a big piece uh, to the sacred and that I love is, is the part about showing up and then you kind of have to let it go and see what presents itself to you and not have any hard expectations. Absolutely. Right. Right. Because otherwise you just interfere with the process of, of whatever is meant to unfold. Right. Yeah. Have you been in any uh, situations where, you know, the plane's going to go down and that <laughs> kind of thing?
2: Uh, those are things that I keep to myself.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Okay. Corporate secrets. Corporate Something secrets, like that. Yeah. Oh, that's understandable. <laughs> that's okay. I have things happen on the radio show that I'm just going to keep to myself right? too. Right. <laughs>
2: Oh, Maybe I'll let you in on some of those secrets after another glass of after wine. After another dinner. glass of <laughs> wine,
1: that's right. Well, good thing I'm not really fun because otherwise I would be limiting my alcohol <laughs> intake. That's right. And actually, one thing is that we do say, right, that with every uh, glass of alcohol or coffee or tea, anything that has caffeine, I guess the soda too, you want to drink at least an extra glass of water. Yes right yeah definitely sometimes that could be even a deterrent to drinking another soda or cup of coffee is like if you if you adhere to that because some people don't want to have to drink another glass of water but the tip that you said earlier is a really good one you know you want to keep your urine clear yeah yeah so check that out at the airport right and drink more water and you, can, you can, can always we
2: always have citrus we always have lemons or limes we're happy to put that in your really? water
1: yeah okay
2: you can order hot water with lemon too if you want something i do hot. that i like so that that's a nice thing to do yeah
1: that's a real good one well, anything else before we land? Uh, no, I would just say, please, you know, put on
2: your, like you said, though, how can we started this? It's really about putting on your own oxygen mask first. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can take care of yourself, then you can be in service to other people. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to traveling, you know, figure out what it is that maybe you're worried about or concerned about. And, and there are solutions to all of this. I mean, isn't it amazing 100 years ago? We didn't travel the way we travel now. Amazing. I just find it fascinating that we can get people to, you know, just to anywhere. It it really has changed our entire society and our entire world, air travel.
1: Mm -hmm. Relationships,
2: all of it. Everything.
1: Yep. Sure has. Well, it is a blessing in and of itself to be able to do that and get around the globe, make it a smaller, smaller place. Yeah. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for being with us today on Sacred Exploration. It's truly a pleasure. And I learned a lot, learned a lot about flying. And uh, I definitely feel that the next time I get on a plane, the skies will be much friendlier because of, of your influence. <laughs> thank so, you, Lisa. Thank it's you. been so fun being on here
2: today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for all that you do. You've really influenced me a lot. So I appreciate
1: it. Oh, thank been you. A good, thank good, you. Darling. Been a good afternoon. It. it has. It's been great. So, uh, listeners, friends, thank you again for joining us on Sacred Exploration. And we will be back next week and every week after that, Wednesdays, live at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And if you're in another time zone, you can always listen to the playback recording at your leisure. So signing off again, I'm Lisa Tremont Ota, and I thank you for joining us on Sacred Exploration.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in today for Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Oda. Be sure to listen to our program again next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your week.